0: Join our mission of outreach, education and support for the transgender community at myfeminineheart.com. Hi everyone, welcome back to my feminine heart. Today we have a really special episode. For today's transition journey, we are joined by the phenomenal DD Allen. DD, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Hi Cassandra.
0: So, um, today is a very interesting transition journey. Uh, throughout the last uh, seven months of interviewing w- trans women in the community, I have always interviewed trans women who have transitioned and been completely out of the closet. So, they have all been comfortable joining me um, live video. However, Dee is in a really unique situation. And though some people, um, when they meet Dee Dee, they think she's full time, uh, they think that she has been transitioned for years. She actually has not. And others may think, well, Dee Dee, um, at the age that you are at, and we'll share that, uh, you know, do you not consider yourself a trans woman? Do you consider yourself more of a stylish cross dresser? Because Dee Dee, you're absolutely gorgeous. And where Dee Dee places herself is a trans woman who, at this point, never intends to fully transition beyond the point where she's at. Dee Dee, do you feel I did that justice?
1: That's probably the best way to put it. And, you know, the reason, one of the reasons for this is everything I do reflects on my wife that, you know, I've been married for a long time.
0: And how long, Dee, Dee? Because that's something special.
1: Little less than fifty years. Forty. It's going to be going on forty-nine.
0: Congratulations, Dee. Dee. And Didi's Dee wife does know. Dee, Dee has been out to her wife since the uh, beginning of her marriage, about one month in. And we're going to hear that story. Um, but they have some special rules to their relationship um, to protect. Their identity, and one of the reasons that they do this is because Didi, I mean, look at her photo—just absolutely gorgeous—has the most incredible gene pool. Dee Dee's mother, who is in her nineties, is very close to her, strong, alive, and kicking. And their one goal is that they do not want um, Didi's Dee mom to find out that Didi is a trans woman. Is that correct?
1: That is probably one of the big things. And, you know, if I come out to any of my siblings, it could possibly go that way, too. So as of right now, I think it's important that we keep it, keep it quiet.
0: Now, in the trans community, Dee, Dee has a really high profile. Dee, Dee, you are a member of some pretty big clubs, and you're kind of a mover and shaker. Uh, who old or do you belong with?
1: Well, I'm a member of the Vanity Club, and I am one of the webmistresses for the Vanity Club. Um, I also work with the Erie Sisters Group, and we're working on the gala right now. Whether we're going to have one in November this year or not, we're not sure. But we're still, right now, we're pushing for it.
0: Yeah. I hope hope it works out. I miss seeing everyone in person and i know a lot of our audiences is, is missing that person-to-person connection as well
1: it drives me crazy i mean that's why we do the zoom that we do we have we, we try to do a zoom occasionally with our friends and it's the only connection we have right now
0: yeah and that's why you know to me my feminine heart started at the perfect time Um, i had started this project six months before the pandemic hit us and the keystone conference was canceled and had only been live for three months so you know my life was did not look anything like this a year ago my life or career and to be sitting here and doing this now and having this conversation with you and sharing it with our audience i feel so honored Um, But I I really appreciate you trusting um, our audience and myself with coming on the show. I think it's important um, for everyone who is a part of My Feminine Heart to know that what our belief at My Feminine Heart is, is that you do not have to be fully transitioned to be feminine and to be a woman. You know, I believe that femininity starts from the inside. Um, and it's harder to interview people who are not out. Um, but if there's any way that we can do that, like for example, with our video today of just showing your headshot and that's comfortable for you and your, and your wife, we are excited to do it because you have lived such an incredible life. Um, you know, you have a beautiful relationship with your wife and, um, what you have discovered medically for yourself with, um, you know, the feminization that you have experienced is is so incredible. Uh, so I think starting off, I think what a lot of people want to know is, Didi, you've been married for almost 50 years. How do you make it work?
1: That's a good question. I mean, it really is. <laughs> uh, first off, it's important to, to have a partner that that understands Uh, That's, that's the biggest thing. It took a long time before my wife actually understood what this was all about. And this is something I know we're going to talk about. It was probably about 10 years ago that I found out that I am a DES son, which to me answered a lot of questions and also opened up my wife's eyes. And I think that that's also an important thing. Um, this is, this is something that none of us really understand why we are the way we are. To me, that was an eye-opener. All of a sudden, I see something that, well, maybe this is why. Okay, although there are other people that are not DES sons and are still transitioning and so on, this could be one of my answers. Um, one of the things that I do know about DES, and I and, and I don't want to go straight into this because we have other things to talk about, but one of the things that I, I do know is that they say that maybe 1.5% of the population is, is transgender of some kind. When they've done the studies, and they haven't done a lot of studies with with the DES sons, they did a lot with daughters, and they're just really getting into, in the last 15 years, getting into DES sons. About 20% of those that they know are actually DES sons are transgender. So that's a big, big gap right there. So that told me something immediately.
0: Well, and you, Dee Dee, let's jump into this. Um, so I know that one of the things that was important to you is that we put the disclaimer out in the beginning, we're not doctors, we're not medical professionals. Um, and I should disclaim that before every episode because we talk a lot about like hormones and l- last night we were talking about electrolysis on the show. Uh, so what we're about to share is what Dee has researched for herself and it helped answer a lot of questions for her. Um, so Dee, could you explain what DES is?
1: Okay. During the late 40s, 50s, 60s, and I believe even the early 70s, there is a drug, it's short DES, and that's short for diethyl It's a hormone, a synthetic hormone that was given to mothers. They were pregnant, and they were told that if you took this drug, you would have a better chance of pregnancy and not have problems with it. So,
0: And by problems, they mean miscarriages and stillbirths. They were worried that women didn't have enough estrogen to carry healthy pregnancies to term and so this was, DES was a super amount of estrogen that they were giving women as, pregnant women as supplements.
1: Yeah. And my understanding is that it was done in two different ways. Um, one was in injections and another was in pill form. Now my mom, they told my mom that it was a, a vitamin, you know, take this, take this vitamin. It'll help you make sure that I was the firstborn. So, you know, she wanted to make sure that there wasn't any problems, that she didn't miscarry. Um, And she wanted to, you know, carry full term, no problem.
0: And so she she, didn't even have a history or any reason to be concerned because you were the firstborn.
1: Right. And you got to remember back in the 50s, if a doctor told you to do something, you did exactly what the doctor said. You didn't question that. It's not like today where we go in and we, we go into the internet and we look at what we're taking and what we're doing and so on. We research things. Back then, if a doctor said, here, take this, you're taking it. And that's we're, it.
0: We're also in the era where doctors recommended cigarette smoking and they told women to pregnant women to drink wine to relax. Like that's this era.
1: Yeah. And this is... This is just one of the other things. And and even after they found out that it didn't help it in the least, they continued to use the, the drug. As a matter of fact, the drug is still in use as far as animals, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Really? That I did not know.
1: Yeah, I believe that. Uh, and, and I don't know exactly what it's used for, but I do believe that it's used in animals.
0: Yeah. Well, and... Well, we can go down that road another another day. <laughs> I used to be a vegetarian, so I used to do a lot of research in the hormones that they injected into animals for, um, well, anyway. Um, what I had read was the FDA even said around 1961 or in the early 60s that DES did not prevent miscarriage and the issues that they were prescribing it for, and it was still prescribed for like another decade.
1: And that's my understanding, also. But I do know that um, some of the things we're going to talk about here. That um, my brother is four years younger than me, and my mom was not taking DES when she was when when she had, or when she was pregnant for him. And some of the things that we both share, as far as the transgender part. We don't
0: you mean yeah, as part of your medical history
1: yeah my my brother is uh I, I don't want to go to i don't want to say normal because that's not that's not the right word. my brother is not transgender at all, okay, and the only difference between and we have genetic you know, different medical things that we have that are the same, and like I said, we can get into that a little bit later, but my brother is is as manly and as male as he can possibly be, and I'm transgender.
0: Well, and and there are parts of you that you have shared with me that were always um, a little bit more on the feminine side. Like, you are not a very tall, brooding, lumberjack-figured person. You are, you're short. You're five, close to me.
1: Yeah, five foot six and a half.
0: Yeah. And is your brother taller?
1: Brother's five foot eleven.
0: Yeah. Um, and then what other um, feminine physical characteristics did you have when you were younger?
1: Um, well, that was that, that's, that's one of the things that's, that's always tough when you're growing up. You know, children, even nowadays, but especially back then, they can be cruel. I hated going into gym because I did have uh, the beginning of breasts. Um, my hands are, are very small. My, my feet are very small. Um, back then, I was I I was wasn't tiny, but I was smaller. Um, and and my my gender was a little small too. So I mean, when you go into the shower, um, you know, you would you would have problems. And I mean, I would get teased and, and so on. Um,
0: I so sorry. That's never okay.
1: No, it isn't. But, you know, things have changed. I think a lot of what we've done uh, in the past year has led to things being better now.
0: Now, what happened between you and your brother medically where you really saw a difference in you and realized, wow, um, we had the same thing happen to us and I responded physically on, on the other end of the spectrum?
1: My brother and I both share one problem. We had prostate enlargement. My brother went on the same medication that I did. There were really no effects other than the fact that his prostate shrunk. And me, the first year was totally normal. And after the first year, things started to really change. Uh, I had breast growth. Um, I lost all the hair on my chest, my back, my legs. My hair on my arms got very, very fine. Um, I, my, my skin got very uh, feminine-like, so I, I, what really happened is I, I started to feminize, and that was through just the pill that I took, which is a DHT blocker.
0: Mm. And for those who don't know what a DHT blocker does, can you share that?
1: Sure. Um, DHT. Now, the what people don't understand, and even a lot of males don't even understand about DHT levels. Males have testosterone levels, and the testosterone is turned into DHT. The DHT is is a synthesized form of testosterone that is like five times more potent than testosterone itself um it can it can cause things now for women get so and, and women do have dht also just like we have as males have estrogen and women have testosterone in their bloods dht can cause a woman to uh to go into baldness okay as far as losing hair um, DHT is, is really, it allows for the male characteristics, so what this does is it suppresses that to the point that the prostate will go down, and as you can see from my picture, I've never had a problem with hair, but I mean, I, it, it really has done real well, <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, your hair uh, is stunning, and that, so people know this is DD's real hair in this photo, this is not a wig.
1: No, this is that. That's my hair. And and that's been one of the fun parts, learning how to style. I mean, you know, you as a woman, you learn this growing up from your from your mom as far as makeup, you know, do your hair and what have you. This is something that I'm learning right now. And I'm really enjoying it because, you know, you can try different things, different looks. It's things that males just don't do. Females do. And it's 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 fantastic. I love it.
0: Now, um, not to go off on, on this path, and you're going to see, DD. we're going to go all over the place. but um, one of my first questions to DD was, while you're not out of the closet, you live part of your life as Dee, Dee and part of your life as a man. How do you rock that long, gorgeous natural hair that you wear as Dee? Dee? How do you do that when you're a man?
1: It's pretty easy. Um, you pull it back in a ponytail. And that's you know I mean, it, it's surprising. Um, what I've always what what I tell my friends is this, and I and I and I get hit for this all the time. How long have you been twenty four seven? And you know I'm not. And when they when they hear that, it's like, well, how do you not do that? I think males have a tendency to just like females have a tendency to have their own swagger when. When I'm out as a male, okay, I get that that male feel, the the way, you know, all of a sudden my voice goes up like this, and I'm I'm totally different as far as my hand gestures and, and everything else. I get into the female part of this and everything changes. I mean, I I I just feel the female part and I act the female part. So the yeah when i go out as a male i go out as a male and that's you know and i go out 100 percent you know the other thing is too um even though these things have happened to me they happen so slowly um it's happened really within the last three years that all the changes have really really come to fruition and i don't know that they're really finished yet i mean i just don't Um, you know i'm happy with the position in the place that I'm in right now, because I can go out and, and, and I can go out with my wife as a woman, and we do that, and we have some really good time doing that, and also socialize with her as her husband, and that's the position that I'm in right now, and and it works for the both of us.
0: And how is your wife now? We're going to go back through your history, but does she enjoy both sides of you?
1: You mean when we first got married?
0: No, I mean now, like your life together now. You said you go out as as women, and you go out as husband and wife.
1: Oh, we have a great time as far as that. Um, the the funny thing is, is we can go out, and and she knows exactly my style, and I know her style, and that's something that I love. That I understand the part of being a woman. You know the style the shoes, the clothes that you wear, and so on. We can go out clothes shopping, and I'll go through the racks, and I will pull out clothing that I go, here, this is you, this is you. And she'll do the same thing. She'll hold up this, and she'll say, oh, this is you. This is And the, the funny thing is, is I have very few male clothes, and I have a lot of female clothes. I mean, my closets are full of female clothing. And that's, that, what is that? That's a typical woman.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, um, do you share clothes? Do you share shoes?
1: Shoes. We are both the same shoe size. Um, and so we, we go out, when we look for shoes, a lot of times, not always, because we do have different different tastes in shoes. Um, I love going up to just a, a three-inch heel. I'm not a spike heel person. I like the chunky heels. I like the boots. I like knee highs. Um,
0: I'm, and, with <laughs> I'm with you. What's that? I'm with you.
1: Okay. I like I like ankle boots. You know, I like those, and I love sandals. Love sandals. Um, we will look for those a lot of that together. But there's things that I like that is my style, and there are things that she likes that are her style as far as her, as far as her shoes go. Now, this is a really funny part. She's always been one of these women that loves purses. She loves getting designer purses and what have you. And I'll bet you she's got 40 or 50 purses. That's that's her thing, okay? Loves purses. Mm-hmm. Well, she got me involved in that. So, I mean, I, I'll bet you I have 20, 20 different purses. Now, that we do share, too. She'll, she'll go into my closet uh, I'm taking one of your purses. I'm taking. It. As a matter of fact, she she went up just just now. She's gone, and she's got one of my purses with her. So, uh, you know, she goes. This is a summertime purse, so I'm taking this one. And it's a, a nice yellow one that she's using. So, um, it's 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 funny. Uh, yeah, we do share and we do understand each other. Um, it, and and I would have never got to that point of under understanding and sharing like we do right now. Um but it took her a long long time to get to that point. I mean a long time to get to that point.
0: Well did she know um that you you were trans or I think back in the day you thought of yourself as a did you even know the term crossdresser when you married?
1: I figured that I was the only person that was like this in the world. Now remember we're going back before the internet.
0: Yeah, we're going back almost 50
1: years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we are. And there was no internet back then. So when when I grew up, I had no idea why I was like I was. I mean, why do I want to go into my mom's closet? Why do I want to put on makeup? Um, why do I feel like I do? You know, none of those things were explained to you back then. and you know, I would never come out to my mom and dad back then because that was not the type of thing that you did. You know, you, 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 were, you were a boy, you did what you wanted to do, and, you know, as a boy, and that was it. But still, that, that little girl in my head was always there, okay? Now, I, the question you had as far as going back, um, there is no internet, so I have no idea what a cross dresser is you know there there were things that you could see on tv that um a certain amount of people were just starting to get um bottom surgery and that but it wasn't something that's out there like it is right now i mean it was very closed um i'll share something with you as far as when i was actually in the in the in the 70s and Actually, yeah, 70s and part of the early 80s. If you went out, and I did go out, uh, if you were pulled over, you would be arrested by the police because you were impersonating a woman. Wow. So, so, you know, one of the things that my wife always said, don't you get stopped because I'm not going to come and get you. Really? Well, yeah, I mean you got to remember, everything, everything that we do as far as being transgender reflects on our spouses. So that's, that's part of the reason why you're seeing this picture right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, um, when you got married, did your wife know? Had you shared any of the feelings that you had been having?
1: No, and there was no reason for it. I found the love of my life. I was going to get married, and you know what? All these feelings were going to go away.
0: That's what you thought was going to happen.
1: Absolutely. And I've I've talked this over with many others, and they felt the same way. I mean, I'm not the only one that felt like, okay, I'm going to get married, and none of this is going to be there anymore. Well, guess what? It doesn't work that way. If you're trans, you're trans forever. And it's not one of these things that you're going to, um, I mean, you have people that purge and what have you. And I've purged before back in the day, but even throughout that, my thoughts were always, I had female thoughts always still there. Yeah.
0: So when did your wife find out? Did you tell her, did she find out?
1: No, actually after, a couple of months of being married and and I found out that it wasn't going to go away and it came back just as strong as ever, I decided to tell her. And that was really, how do I do this? And is she going to stay with me? Because you're talking about two very young people. Um, you know, I was, I was just 21 years old and she was 19. Wow. So that's, that's, that's the difficult part. So how do you tell somebody this? Um, you know, the best part was to just come out and because nobody knew or understood, or very few people knew or understood this, even she, she knew nothing about, uh, transgender. I mean, transgender wasn't even anything that we, it wasn't even a word back then. It was, you were a cross-dresser or, um, or whatever. And even cross dress it was, it was, um, um, a transvestite. Okay, I hate that mm-hmm. word. But that was that was your thing. Transvestite was the was the word. Um, but she knew nothing about that. And I knew very little about it. Like I said, because of, there was no internet. Uh, so I did come out to her and explain to her, you know, my feelings and so on and so forth. And of course, she didn't believe me.
0: She didn't believe you?
1: No, she didn't believe me. You so know, what how did could, you do? What's that?
0: What did she do? What did she say?
1: Okay, she she told me she says, "Well, if you really feel like that, let me see it." <laughs> so, um, well, I proceeded. She told me she says, "Let's let's see you if you, if you're really going to do this. Let's let's see you dress up." Well, I didn't really know much about makeup. I mean, you know, you learn, like I said, you learn your your hair, your makeup, and so on. As being a young a young woman growing up, and I'm sure your mom taught you a lot or your sisters or what, what I don't know what you know, whether you had siblings or anything like that, but I'm sure that you had your mom that taught you different things. I had nothing. Okay. So, you know, I knew very little about makeup you could put on lipstick and what have you, but I knew very little about that type of thing. And you know, she said, Well, if you're gonna do this, you need to go ahead and shave your body. Shave your just shave your legs, shave your underarms. Well that got a little bit scary. Um, I did exactly what she said. I I had to prove to her that this was, this was the real thing. Um, back then, and this, this is a story that we talked about earlier. Uh, and I'm going to share it with everybody. Uh, anybody that grew up in the fifties knew about safety razors. You know, they were, you open up the top of them, you put this little, little uh, blade in there and they're not like the razors that you have today even when you're shaving your face you were always nicking yourself when i got through with my legs they were covered with blood <laughs> because it's the first time i had ever shaved my legs it was terrible i mean it was you know if this is what women go through i don't know about this but i did do it and and the funny thing was is you know i put on had some hideous makeup and I had some clothing that we, we pretty much were the same size I was very very small uh, then and and she had some things that were a little bit bigger um, and she said okay you can here sure, put this on and I put that on and my hair was longer at the time and she kind of did a little style and then she looked at me and she goes you'll never You'll never pass. You look like a, a man in a dress. So, but, but that was the truth. Okay. Back then, I mean, I knew nothing about makeup and I knew nothing about hairstyle or anything like that. I, I, I do now, but I, I didn't back then. So, you know, we, she knew that this was an important thing to me and she didn't really want to participate in it. And I don't blame her. She didn't understand it back then. We both didn't understand it. We both didn't know. So we, we actually set up times, you know, here take and maybe five or six times a year here, you know, go do your thing and enjoy yourself. Don't bother me. And that's how it went for many, many, many years. Okay. But as I got later in life, Things got a lot different to where I, I started getting more and more into it, and I think a lot can a lot of people can relate to what I'm to what I'm saying. But the thing that really changed everything was when I took the um, when I when I took the dutasteride, which is the DHT suppressor, and I started feminizing, and that was the biggest the biggest thing. We also when when. When my wife understood and read a lot about the DES and found out that there was a, a correlation now between DES and feminization, that kind of, that, that ended up changing things with her too, whereas she knew that she thought that there was a reason now. And, you know, this wasn't just something that I made up or whatever, which... And when we found out about DES, she then knew that there was more than likely a correlation between me being feminine all my life. And I don't think she ever realized to the extent of how much really I was feminine inside. And it's not, most of us, I think, we're, okay, we try to show it on the outside. And most of what I could say as my younger years, I was a cross-dresser. I couldn't really put a finger on the fact that I was really transgender. As I got older, that's changed. Um, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time with a gender psychologist. And I think that's one of the, one of the really important things that I've done, I mean, I know we're jumping around here. No, it's right.
0: We're big fans of mental health on this show. I, I believe everyone can benefit from talking to a psychologist at some point in their life or a therapist or a counselor or somebody because we all have our struggles. Um, and I've talked about that on the show. So for you, um, you know, I recommend anybody who watches, if you struggle with anything, go to a support group, find somebody, find a friend, someone you can talk to. How long into your life did you wait to talk to somebody? Like, what was the impetus to you to reach out to a, a gender psychologist?
1: When I really started to feminize, when my body started to feminize, um, I, I've i always had issues as far as, um, oh God, um, you have issues that you just I don't know it's 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 difficult I mean I I had to go to I had to go finally my wife said you know what this is this is getting bigger than the both of us and you know I would talk to her and I would try to explain things to her and finally she got came to me and she said look she said you know you have all this guilt and you've had this all your life she said you think maybe this is a point in time in your life that you might want to go ahead and share it with with, with a, a therapist or psychologist. Mm-hmm. And it was her idea. I mean, it was really her idea. And I'll tell you, it was a great idea because I happened to uh, find that there was a uh, gender psychologist that had worked almost exclusively in the field for 26 years. Wow. Right around the corner right around the corner, which is fantastic and I started off um with probably a week weekly visits i mean that that's how it started We went weekly to bi-weekly to monthly to every couple of months and I've been doing that for the past three years now i have not since the pandemic hit we have not Talked except for maybe some emails, and and I don't feel I can really benefit as much from a Zoom conference with her as what I can on a face and face to face. So we haven't really talked about this, but she got me to a point where I feel really comfortable in my own skin. And I have completely shed the guilt. And and like you said, if you have a problem a psychologist, a psychiatrist, or a therapist, or whatever. To me, it was one of the most important things that I did because it allowed me, after I understood myself more, to explain more to my wife on the basis that she needed to understand. Does that make sense?
0: A thousand percent, and I completely agree with you. You know, we all have our own (laughs) trauma whatever that may be. And when you see a professional, it's for so many people, it's the first time saying I have X issue and I feel like I'm the only person in the world that suffers from this. And all of a sudden what you've, you've done is you've gone to somebody who says, no, you're not the only one. It's okay. You're going to be okay. Um, and they advocate for you you know, you can completely fall apart in front of this person with 100% confidentiality, and they are just going to sit there and help you get through and tell you how amazing you are the entire way. Like, cannot recommend this enough. And, and I know, Dee, Dee, I know how you feel about um, not meeting in person, but you've been in therapy for, for several years. If there's somebody out there right now listening who needs help, don't be turned off if you have to do a conference over the phone or computer. Um, you know, reach out to somebody. Talking to anybody can, can help.
1: Um, I agree 100%. Um, it's, it, like I said, it's, it's helped me so much to understand. I mean, it really is. But let me stress this. There are a lot of therapists out there that do not understand gender and I really stress the fact that you need to find a gender therapist, okay? Somebody that really understands what we go through. Um, I know of other people and friends of mine that have gone through therapists or gone to therapists that have really done nothing because they don't understand us. They don't understand the, everything we go through. I was lucky enough to find somebody that had really been in the field for 26 years. And going into her after my first session, I felt so comfortable because I knew that she understood me. And, you know, everybody's different. I mean, this, that, this, this, this whole thing as far as transgender, we're all totally different people. We all have our own little things, our own little quirks and so on. But we're we're all the same as far as one thing we're transgender, and when you find somebody that understands that and can, and you can talk to freely, and that's the whole key. If if you find somebody that's really understands you as a person as a transgender person, you can be open and freely as you need to be, and that's what it takes to really understand yourself. Um, Most of the time, when you go to a session like that, you're the one that's doing the talking. But there's times where where a therapist will stop you and say, okay, let's back up here and let's talk about this. And they know exactly what buttons to push and, and where to lead you. And like I said, I'm really super lucky to have the therapist that I have.
0: Yeah. And um, I, I love that point that you made. And, and that is a point that I don't make enough on the show. And that's correct. You, you can look up some counselors and therapists and psychologists and you will see on their websites. I work with people of color and LGBTQ and veterans and, you know, and they will list 30 different groupings of people. Um, a lot of times they will do that. Uh, So you know that they're open to it, but also for the web search. They want that on their website. So somebody Googles, I need to speak with somebody who works with LGBT, who works with veterans or works with, you know, people of color, like whatever it is, their site will pop up. That doesn't mean they have a lot of experience with trans people. And that does not mean that they are a specialist. So that's a very good thing to clarify when you are looking for somebody.
1: Here's the other good point. My therapist, my gender psychologist, um, because of working with people that have transitioned completely, um, has a few very good endos that she works with.
0: And endo, you mean endocrinologists?
1: Absolutely.
0: Hormone doctors?
1: Yep, yep, hormone doctors. Um, she led me to, um, to a very, very good Endocrinologist and somebody that understood DES because you know think about it why is it that you take a take a pill that is it, you're not taking estrogen you're taking a pill to to suppress uh, DHT levels and you feminize okay so we went into you know we talked more about the DES thing and there's no way. That even my endo can say, look, it. Um, I don't know. If, I, I I can't tell you positively that DES has caused this, but he said, this is not something that happens to everybody. Okay, it just and, isn't. And it
0: Didn't happen to your brother who it took the same happen. drugs for the same thing.
1: Yes, and it didn't. And it didn't. So you know, there. You know, he sees the correlation and he understands. But you you got to also remember that most hospital records are gone okay they're gone the only thing that even my endo has is my talk with my my mother and my understanding you know that she took the drug but there's there's not been enough research done on the fact that certain things can happen to us that don't happen to others and and you know, he thinks, you know, he really thinks that the DES is what where the where the problem was. And I don't know if it's a problem. Actually, to me, when I when I became more more feminine, to me it was I have I, I, I love it. I love the fact that I can lead a dual life. I mean, it's I can see you smiling up there when I say that. It, 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 everybody can't see. I, I can see I can I can see you right now just smiling about this. But the thing is is Um, I, I, I love the fact that, that I just, I can lead the dual life that I can, I can go out as a woman, I can understand and feel the things that you feel, you know, understand the fashion and, and, and everything being a woman and then turn around and also go out and, and, and do my male thing. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's been, it's been a great journey. Okay. For me. And I'm just like, a, I'm very fortunate to have a, a spouse that um, turned around probably about two years ago and said, I asked her, I said, would you like to go out with me now? And she said, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, you know, we go to, we do all kinds of stuff besides shopping and that, you know, we'll, we'll go to the, to the art museum or we'll go to the, uh, to the history museum or we'll go to the, to the orchestra. You know, there are all these things that I do as a woman. And when I, when I dress up and I can't, I'm not, I'm not probably the normal person that a lot of my friends are. I'm, I'm a lot different. I'm, I'm more into the normal. And and, and I stress that the normal part of what a woman would be. When a woman goes out shopping for groceries and what have you, unless they're coming home from work from a a job where they have to wear a dress, you're wearing, you know, sandals and you're wearing skinny jeans or shorts or, you know, a blouse or whatever. And you got your hair just pulled back. You know, you're not all dolled up and whatever.
0: I'm, I'm wearing a plain black sweater right now.
1: There you go. There you go. So I like that. I I have dresses, but I don't wear that all that often. I like to just, I like to be very casual in my look. And I also find being the height that I am and going out casually, I can wear minimal makeup. In this picture you're seeing here, I've got pretty much full makeup. But I don't do a lot of makeup, even in full makeup. I don't do a lot. Um, But I do a lot, just very little makeup. And if I dress casual, I can just go out and I fit right in. And I, to, to this day, I don't think I've been red. I mean, I just don't think I've been red. I, I think anybody out there knows when they've been red. I've never felt uncomfortable that way.
0: Well, and that's something that I talk a lot about in my feminine heart. And it, however you want to dress, um, however helps you live your best life, kudos to you. I I want you to do that. But one of the things that people come to me for is to consult them on how to blend in as like with cisgendered women. And although a cisgendered woman out and about may get very dressed up for like a Saturday night, um, one of the things that really um, sticks somebody out is being overly put together. And I hate to say that, but it is, you know, most women in the day to day, we're going to, like you said, going to the grocery store it's jeans and a, a, a nice top. I mean, that's, that's what it is. So um, one of the things I like to work with people on are like, what are your goals? And if your goal is to stand out and get the attention of the room, you dress one way. If your goal is to blend in and just kind of hang with the crowd, you have to dress more casually. Um, And, you know, if that is your goal, DD, I have to tell you a hundred percent, you blend woman. I mean, you look amazing. It would never occur to me that to this day, you live half your life as a man. Thank you. I love that you grew up in the hippie era where you just always had a long ponytail. So like you can rock the long hair because you've always had long hair as a man.
1: Um, Yeah, I had it up until probably um, late 50s. I decided that I was going to go ahead and I was going to cut my hair. And I actually went to almost like a crew cut. I mean, it was really, really super short, spiked, you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, when when I started to feminize again, I was not about to wear a wig when I knew I could grow my, my own hair. So I I decided that that's what I was going to do. If I'm going to pass as a woman, and I'm not saying you can't pass as a woman with a wig. I mean, that's that's... I have plenty of friends of mine that pass very, very well with a wig. But for me, I feel comfortable having my own hair, and um, I enjoy it. And like I said, one of the things that I've really been been learning is how to style your hair. And it's, it's a blast. It's a blast. There's so many things that you can do as a woman with your hair that you, you would never think about with a man. So I love it.
0: And for those of you who are listening to this episode and who aren't watching it, we are flashing up photos of what Dee, Dee looks like and a before and after the um, the prostate drug that you were on that made this change. And so, just as kind of like a recap, Dee, Dee you're almost seventy. You've been married for almost half a century. Um, But it's really been in less than 10 years, even like in three to five years, that you took this drug for your enlarged prostate, you started to really feminize in your features even more than you were, and that things, you saw a gender psychologist, you saw an endocrinologist, and your wife has fully come into understanding, embracing, and living this dual life with you.
1: I think you have it exactly right. Yeah.
0: Well, and, you know, um, we had Trans Tuesday last night, our live show, and we had a lot of people ask for, you know, what are your thoughts on transitioning late in life? And this, the one person was like 43 years old. And other people were like, are you kidding? I didn't transition until my 50s. And I know you do not have the intention of fully transitioning, at least for now. Um, you know, it's never too late to get help and, and, and live the life however you want to live it, to live it.
1: I'm living my dream right now. How's that?
0: I, it does sound like you're living the dream. My goodness, it really does. So, Dee Dee, where do you see yourself in the next one year, five year, ten years? Um, is your wife a part of your life as Dee Dee? Like, does she know your friends? Does she go out with with your crew?
1: She's never been out with with the crew. Okay, um, she was. Going to join me last year in d c with our VC uh, soiree, but we had something that came up, and she couldn't come. so that was going to be her first time. But we've had several of my transgender friends here at the house. and um, she's amazing. I mean she she looks at them as as they are. they're They're just human beings, they are um, the gender that they feel that they want to be. And she understands that. And, you know, I love her for it. I mean, it's, it's, it's so nice to have somebody that does understand that.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So where, what's the future for the two of you hold?
1: I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. I mean, you know, here, here I am, I'm, I'm going to be going to be seven years old. Um, you know how long can i keep the good look i mean i i never ever thought of myself before any of this happened as far i never thought of myself as being pretty i didn't i never thought of myself but i, I get think
0: you're beautiful
1: well thank you but i get that i i do get that and and i actually am beginning to understand what it's like to be a pretty woman and that's that is i don't know i mean it's it's, it's really hard to explain. It's, it, it's over the top for me, you know, for somebody to say, wow, look at you. You're, you're almost 70 years old. And I get the, you know, wow, you look like you're in your 50s or whatever. Um, maybe it's my mom's jeans or whatever. My mom still looks really good. She does for, for being 90 years old. She Still looks good. Um, you know, I don't know where I'm going to be. I just don't. I do know that this is going to be a part of my life forever. I mean, it will be part of my life. There's no way that this is ever going to go away. And now that I have feminized to this point, I know that it never can go away. Because when I look in the mirror now, it's not the clothes that you wear, okay? It's what you feel up up in your head, okay? And that's something that I've felt. And now when I look in the mirror, even in male mode, there are things about me that are feminine even in male mode that I see in the mirror in the morning when I get up and it makes me happy. Okay. That's, you know, that's, that's the big thing. I am probably a happier person now than what I've ever been in my life because I have this. Now I'm allowed to be Dee. Dee, I'm allowed to be my male person and I have a wife that's truly supportive and that is such a big thing.
0: If there was one piece of advice that you would like to share that maybe you wish somebody had given to you, what would that be?
1: Probably one of the biggest things, like we talked about before, my advice would be this. If you don't, and none of us really understand ourselves, we just don't. We think we do, and we don't. Find a really good therapist. Even if it's an occasional visit, and go in and find yourself, because a therapist will help you find yourself. Um, that would be my advice. Don't ever think that, yeah, you know, I mean, we hear about people that are suicidal and everything else. I would never think about taking my life. I would never. I am so proud of who I am right now, and I love myself and my therapist got me to that point. So that's my piece of advice. Find somebody you can trust and find yourself.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for everything that you shared with us and for taking your time with us today. Um, I do want to give a shout out that I missed giving earlier. So I had reached out to A dear friend, uh, Nora Simone, and I I asked her if she knew of anyone in the community who um, had not fully come out and not fully transitioned who would be comfortable being on the show. And she connected us, even though we've um, been at the same conferences before. And uh, she said, you know, she reached out to Dee on my behalf and made this happen. So Nora, Lots of love to you. Thank you for helping this magic come together for my feminine heart and for everybody who's watching. And um, and
1: don't forget, our paths have crossed many times, but we just really never connected. It was just short little things. Now we've connected.
0: Yeah, and I oh my, and when we spoke before, we talked. We could have talked for two hours. I mean, we could not get off the phone. We have so much in common. I'm um, dying for one day for you to connect with. Um, my dad. I think that you two would talk for hours and hours over your shared passions.
1: Yeah, um, we, we had an hour and a half conversation. It was <laughs> like it was like fifteen minutes. It was really it was a lot of fun. I had a great conversation with you.
0: Yeah, I can't wait until we get to the point where we can all meet together again in person because I cannot wait to sit down and, and grab a coffee or a cocktail with you and, and just chat.
1: And one hopefully, of the things that- hopefully Keystone this year. And you know what? I'm going to give a little shout out for this one. I do a Thursday night as far as a night out mm-hmm. that has been for the past few years that is, is one of the bigger nights at Keystone, and you got to get in early because it sells out in two days. Wow. And you should come this next time.
0: I would love to. A lot of times in the past, I've not gone out to the evening gatherings unless I have photographed them because I photograph all day, and I'm so white come the evening and I've got to like get back and shower and regroup for another day of photography. But yeah, I, it is, it has been my goal in the last couple of years to get out and socialize more. Um, and yeah, Keystone fantastic conference. That's my home conference. I live 40 minutes away from the hotel. So that's what brought me into working with the community. Um, and one of my favorite parts of Keystone is how out and about they get everybody. So you literally take people what, like out to, out to an, an excursion or out to dinner um, and get them exposed to being out with the safety of being in a big group?
1: Most of the Thursday night group, there's a lot of VC that, that come with me on that one. But um, I'd say the majority of the people that go on the Thursday night are out and about girls. Yeah, and and it, it, it's really fun because we, we take over the whole place. Um, and, and they're so fantastic out there. We go to the, a place called the Rubicon, which is a, um, a French restaurant right in, right in downtown Harrisburg. And um, I've just really been happy to do this. I mean, it's, it's just one of those things. And it's my way to give back uh, besides doing what, what, what I do with uh, the Erie sisters. It's one of my ways of giving back to the community.
0: I think it's fantastic. Thank you for everything that you've done and and everything that you're sharing. And for anybody who's watching, um, you are going to be joining us again for Trans Tuesday, which we do Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. on Facebook Live. And Dee will be joining us to answer any questions as like an after the show. So if you've enjoyed this interview, please join us and I'll have the date in our newsletter. If you are not getting my newsletter, send me your email so I can make sure that you always know what's coming up. Um and Dee, I think one of the questions you're going to get a lot, which I'm excited to tackle. Um, we have had some questions recently on Trans Tuesday specifically about like electrolysis and feminized um, procedures that can be done. I know a lot of people are going to be interested to know, have you had anything or needed anything or did this all just happen naturally from the DHT blocker? So we'll save that for Trans Tuesday, <laughs> like, get ready. I think you're gonna get some very specific questions like that.
1: Okay, well, I know the answers.
0: <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you to our audience for joining us today. Um, thank you to Dee, Dee for sharing your story. We love you all. If you are ever in need of help or support, please reach through us on our Facebook page or through our website, myfeminineheart.com. Dee Dee, um, I did ask you before if you would be open to anybody reaching out to you personally if they're connecting with your story. Would you mind if anybody got in touch?
1: No, anybody can get in touch. And and that's something that uh, the Vanity Club is really noted for. We, we do like to reach out and help, okay? so. Um, if it's not me there's probably somebody from the from the club that's in your your city or town or whatever Uh, we have you know we have women all over the world and um this is you know i kind of got involved from a vanity club sister uh that helped me along who is my big sister by the way to the vanity club uh helped me along when i really needed it at the time so um Yeah, I I understand that part of it. So yeah, we all try to give back. So if it's not me, it's somebody else.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you to all of our listeners. Wishing you all a beautiful day. Didi, cannot wait to have you back on the show. Thank you so much. It was fun. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Never miss a single podcast by signing up for our newsletter at MyFeminineHeart.com.